Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort, which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are, is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives, this is the place to be. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. I am your host, Moon Zafar, and today I have with me Sylvie Oliveira. Sylvie is a functional medicine certified health coach and a Psych K facilitator. Her unique training gives her a whole body perspective in order to be healed fully both the physical and the mental connection to healing need to be addressed and sylvie's work addresses all of this she helps people not feel victim to their body and instead transform stress anxiety physical symptoms and limiting beliefs to create a new version of themselves sylvie welcome to the show hi thanks for having me today of course. So, I'm so grateful that you were able to take all that time to be here on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> all right. So let's dive right into this. So you are a functional certified health coach. Yes. Functional medicine, medicine. certified health coach. Yes. Okay. So let's, uh, let's elaborate on what that means exactly. And okay. uh, um, what do you do? Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. Um, so functional medicine, um, if you know, for you don't know, or any of your listeners, um, is um, a way of looking at the whole body and 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 the looking at how to heal, and looking at it from the perspective of what's the root cause. And when symptoms appear and when chronic disease develops, they're not just looking at just removing those symptoms, but really looking at the person's whole life, and looking at you know what were all the events that happened in their life and looking at it from a whole perspective and trying to get to the root cause as to why this type of imbalance is happening. And it does involve as well a lot of um, diagnostic diagnostic testing to actually really look at, um, for example, the gut and to see you know, where is the inflammation and what exactly is happening in the gut. So functional medicine you know, is a it's a wonderful place for people to go if they're looking for, you know, they tried a lot of things and they, they're still not getting the healing that they, you know, that they hope for or, or not feeling better mm-hmm. because um, functional medicine practitioners will never guess and they will never just look at your symptoms and then just give you a, a prognosis or a protocol based on your symptoms. They will never guess. They always test before they guess is, you know, kind of their their model of looking at someone's health. And it, it does really include mind, body, and spirit in functional medicine, um, fun- functional medicine, like medicine. Okay. And so for myself, um, I'm not a functional medicine doctor or practitioner, but I came at it as a coach. Because most times, a lot of people that have chronic illness, there's generally, you know, there can be a lot to change in their life in terms of diet and lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I come in as a, as a health coach to help them make those changes in their diet and lifestyle because it, it most certainly is usually between a three to six to nine month period where they're making all those change, changes, do, taking, taking different supplements, um, 
being on certain protocols. And so um, I did my studying um, alongside, or I guess in the same area as functional medicine practitioners, but in the coaching school, essentially. Mm, I see. Okay. That's a, it's a very unique line of work and very interesting indeed. So um, what are the most uh, common issues that clients have who come to you? Like what's, uh, what's the most common thing? Um, I mean, it's, you know, the more common things that you hear that people have, I mean, a lot of digestive issues for mm-hmm. sure. Um, there's definitely a lot of digestive issues. I would say digestive issues are the biggest thing and they range in, in the different areas of, you know, whether they are, um, IBS or just chronic inflammation, they can't figure it out, rashes on their body, mm-hmm. um, a lot of thyroid issues as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like anything, but a lot of digestive and also, I should say, a lot of brain cognitive um, issues as well or co- you know, cognitive um, challenges. So people just not feeling their best um, when they're waking up in the morning and feeling really groggy and feeling that brain fog and not remembering things as they once, once did. And of course, then in you know, over, I would say, like about 50 years old, 50, 60, 70, then even more people that are having those cognitive imbalances and they're quite concerned about them. So, you know, and, you know, of course, there's a connection between the gut and the brain. And so Mm -hmm. it makes sense that those are generally the two areas that we see people coming in with a lot of um, inflammation and chronic illness. Okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that. And so now I want to dig a little deeper. So Mm -hmm. Sylvie, were you always a functional medicine health coach? Is this something that you always wanted to do or were you on a different career path before this? Yeah, um, I never thought about being a functional medicine health coach. Um, and it's been a process to get here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually on my third career. <laughs> and, um, but it started for me, of course, with digestive issues, mm-hmm. um, probably in my mid twenties to late twenties is when it started to really become a, a super annoyance. <laughs> and I figured this can't be a way to live. And I'd probably say in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And so my path started with finding a naturopath mm-hmm. and in finding a naturopath, I started to understand, you know, that what I was eating was actually, you know, critical and important to how I was fe- feeling. So at that time, I was the first time I started down the journey of cutting out gluten and cutting out dairy, being really aware of what I was eating, started to eat organic. Um, those were the main things. And, and then doing different protocols with that naturopath. And, and then I felt better mm-hmm. and definitely um, hit any place of feeling better. And, and then, you know, we go through these life changes and I had children. And I think with, you know, the path of having children sometimes can be very little sleep. And for my body, the lack of sleep was very hard on my body. So then it came to my next, I guess, you know, imbalance in my body, which actually was for the brain for me and and other physical issues. But I really couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And when your your second child, who's two, is kind of at the side of your bed in the morning asking you, like, when are you going to get up? Because, you know, she's hungry. then you really start to question, okay, I can't keep going like this. So what do I, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. And then that led me down another path of digging deeper into how the brain works. And that's what led me really to where I'm doing today, which is the functional medicine 
coaching because of healing my own um, foggy brain and my own um, cognitive imbalances is what led me to find to find certain doctors like in the U.S. and doing their protocols and then figuring out like how could I how could I you know offer my services in this area I wasn't quite sure I knew I didn't want to be a doctor I didn't want to go down that path Mm -hmm. but what else could I do and I understood from many of the conferences that I went to with functional medicine practitioners where I was now meeting them finding out that they would greatly have love would love the support of a coach because their work is so um, involved and it's you know it's again like I said it's over a period of months that that clients really need the support of someone to touch base with them like weekly or bi-weekly and ensure that they're making the diet and lifestyle changes. So that's what led me down to the path of being a coach. And it's because, you know, in the end, it was all that I was, it was all that I was thinking about. It was all that I was reading about. Like it was really my passion was health. Mm -hmm. And from that time, I guess, of my 20s. And so eventually you kind of think, well, maybe I should, you know, make this into a career. I should make this into something that I can offer people. And that's what led me down to finding being a coach as my unique way of being a part of this movement, which I think people are really, you know, really waking up and really being very aware about their health and being and very aware about what they're eating and how it affects them. And so, yeah, it just, it seemed to make sense for me. Mm, I agree. So, um, it started from your own source of pain or your own um, own issues with with your health, and mm-hmm. that that sort of started your journey into really figuring out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And then once you um, found a solution, you wanted to offer that because you obviously knew that you're not the only one facing these kind of problems. Mm-hmm. And I can totally relate to you know the the feeling of not being able to help your two year old who wants to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just too tired from yeah. even lack of sleep or yes. you know um, other health issues. So. Yes, yes, yeah. It's 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 hard because it's a it's a beautiful transition in life. You know, if mm-hmm. one goes through it having children, um, and we, you know, I lost my way. I lost my way of taking care of myself. I really mm-hmm. did not have the tools going into being a mom of taking care of myself, of self-care, of like, you know, putting that oxygen mask on myself first. Mm -hmm. I really did not know anything really about that. And it's not how I was raised. And so I'd never had that modeled for me. And then there I was, you know, being a mom and, you know, you're just, you're doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, and it was great, but I was very, very, very depleted. And I didn't know how to you know, nourish myself back. And and now I do. And now it's a huge focus for me is self-care, I think is so important. And so I love that I can share that with my clients, especially female clients. We, I mean, at the clinic I work at, and in general, I tend to, of course, attract a lot of um, mothers and women. And so um, it's great because I know where they've been. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I can really connect with them on that level. Yeah, that's uh, that's so beautiful that you're now mostly working with females and mothers and they're coming from the same place that you were in. Mm-hmm. And uh, such a beautiful cycle. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, it also sort of, um, I think, amplifies the idea that apart from, you know, just going to the doctor, we also need support. 
mm-hmm. on a weekly yes. or bi-weekly basis yes because um, whenever we're you know trying a new type of medicine or you know and anything new or anything to do with personal health yes. since there are old limiting behaviors that are pulling you back that actually got you sick in the first place it's yeah. very very hard to do it on on your all on your own and that's yes. where you come in yeah which i think is absolutely great and i and i love the idea of having support and getting support in these areas because yes um i personally have had support uh like this uh in my own life and i and i couldn't have done it without the support so i'm really grateful for the work that you do mm. and with that i want to i want to come to the psych k part of the work that you do Mm-hmm. Now you are a psyche facilitator, and that's actually where we, you and I, first met. It was a psyche yeah. workshop. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, do you want to explain a little bit about uh, what psyche is and how it works in, um, you know, in helping us change our our lives? Yeah. Um, well, psyche is a, a new development to my world of um, what I offer people, and it's been an incredible addition. I'm so grateful that I found it. I guess a couple of years ago, and you know we're we've been programmed since uh, since we're children, right? We're programmed either by our families, our parents, um, society, in certain ways of how to behave, and certain ways of how to think. And then as time goes on, um, and especially as we get older, I, it starts to block us and it starts to limit us. Mm. And we we don't see it when we're younger because there's there's a certain energy also when we're younger that we can kind of you know, move and change things with energy wise of how we're behaving in the world. But as we get older, the certain conditioning that, you know, might not be favorable for to us starts to limit us. So Psyche K is actually a process by which you can reprogram any limiting beliefs, self-limiting beliefs you have, even traumas and stress from your past. And it's a way by uh, using muscle testing and um, speaking directly to your subconscious mind and getting permission from that subconscious mind that you now want to reprogram that belief system. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've been finding it super incredible and helpful alongside with the health coaching because um, especially in the area that, that I'm working in, which is functional medicine coaching, you have to, if I could paint a picture with functional medicine um, practitioners, generally the clients that they're getting are clients that have been through kind of their doctor and Western medicine. Then they went to a naturopath. I mean, this is just, you know, I'm just telling you the, the, the cycle of what I see. They've been to a naturopath and they're still not getting results, right? So by the time they get to a functional medicine practitioner, they actually know quite a bit about their body. They understand a bit about food and what they're supposed to eat. And yet they're still having challenges with, you know, um, moving this illness out of their body or this, you know, chronic imbalance that they have. Mm. And so what's stopping them, right? And this is where I, when I found Psyche, I found, wow, this is so helpful now because, because what I can do with clients is really start asking them deeper questions and other questions about what's actually going on in their emotional life, right? What's happening in their relationships, what's happening, you know, um, in the relationships, whether they're at work or whether at home, and find out if there's something else going on there or programs from their childhood that are that is stopping them from healing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's vast, the, you know, the options that are there. But, you know, one of the basic things is that one needs to believe, like truly believe from their subconscious that their body can actually heal. Mm-hmm. If you don't even believe that your body can really heal, 
but you're just, you know, going through the motions of trying to eat kale and taking supplements, but yet at the core in our subconscious where, you know, it holds all our, all our beliefs. Mm -hmm. If you actually really don't believe that your body can heal, then that's a major block for that person. Right. And that could be why they're on this cycle of, you know, not getting better. And it's just one illness after another. So having Psych K as a tool has been super helpful for me to really uncover what people's thought patterns are mm -hmm. and actually giving them a tool and a process by which we change them together. Um, and it's, it's for me has been just a game changer in, in my work of how I'm helping people. I actually feel that I can really, um, really show them that they can, that they're so powerful and that they can actually change this for themselves because we are at this stage, I think very much at a, at a place where, you know, there's a wide mass understanding out there that our health is very contingent on about what we're eating, right? Like I said before, like we, we're, we're understanding that most people are really, really understanding that what they eat is so important right? And that they exercise and that they get a good night's sleep. We understand those concepts. We understand that if I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm tired in the morning. My brain actually isn't working properly, right? Like that's a basic thing that people understand. So what's the next level of healing for people? Mm -hmm. I believe is really understanding your thoughts, mm -hmm. understanding how you respond in your environment on a daily basis, understanding, are you actually every day in the low grade frustration? Like, are you really like you, we need to look at that. So Psyche has been able, has, has allowed me the opportunity to bring in language for people to help them understand that they are also their thoughts and what they're thinking and how they're responding and how they're behaving. And that is also contributing to their disease, not just what they're eating and about their sleep and their exercise. There's this other component here about your mind. So it was a beautiful thing to find for me because I was already focused on brain health. And now all of a sudden I found something that helped that actually helped me understand the subconscious mind and how we consciously and unconsciously, you know, um, behave throughout a day that we don't even realize we're doing it. Right. Like we just right. get triggered. The next thing you know, we're responding and we don't even know how we got there. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm using Psych K to really bring awareness for people around that and, and really empowering them to, to actually change it for themselves and to help them realize that they are really powerful and they don't have to stay stuck in that thought form. Exactly. And um, I think the really important part about uh, changing and shifting beliefs is that a lot of people are unaware about, you know, many of the limiting beliefs that, that they hold. Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, if you compare, if you want to give it visual terms, like, the, the, the beliefs that you know that you hold uh, could be a size of a peanut and then mm -hmm. the beliefs that you don't know that you hold and are constantly constantly acting on could be the size of a watermelon. Mm, yes, right? yes, yes. And That's so it, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really important to bring uh, awareness into yes. those kind of beliefs and yes. so that you can uh, start to shift them. And uh, I think the power of our beliefs uh, is so uniquely evidenced in, you know, something like placebo effects where mm -hmm. uh, people can be given, you know, a fake medicine or a sugar pill uh, without them knowing it and their body just believing that they took something. Yes. Just, just from simply believing that it took something that's going to help yes. to heal themselves. Yes. And that, that right there just gives you like, you know, some, some great evidence in, in the power of your own mind to yes. radically shift your your own behavior and your own life and uh, you know improve it for the better yes yeah 
And I think that's what we're moving towards that people are starting to become open Mm -hmm. to understanding that this is part of the puzzle. And it's really one of the main messages I'm always trying to get across to my clients. It's not only about what you eat and you can eat all the kale that you want, Mm -hmm. but if you're eating Mm -hmm. that kale and you're, you're just having negative thoughts most of the time throughout the day and you're reacting to every little thing around you, then you, you really aren't moving the needle. Like then, you know, that kale is like for, for nothing really. And so it's so important to become aware of, of how, what, what's their environment. The environment also includes our thoughts and our reactions and our responses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where are, where are we going to put our creativity to wake up every day and create the life that we want? Right. And, um, yeah, there's so much goodness in there that it, uh, at this stage of the game for me that's what lights me up is really talking about all of this and it's a, it's an interesting um evolution for me that I too was of course very focused on what I was eating and and all the rest of it with when it comes to diet and lifestyle and I've now moved into a place of very much focusing every day about how I'm reacting what my thoughts are how did I just react? Like, you know, if something happens where I react to someone, cause of course it still happens to me is, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I th- we're human and that's what we came here to, you know, somewhat master that I always reflect on, you know, what just happened? What did I do? What did I not do? You know, what actually triggered me? And it's, it's actually a beautiful thing. Like when I do get triggered and I do react, I don't judge it for myself. I just try to take it as, okay, I just got another experience to, you know, collect some more information about myself. And, and that's another thing that I think I also try to teach clients, which is, you know, not to judge where they're at in their healing journey and to accept where they are and to accept what is at this moment, you know, even accepting that at this moment, you might need more sleep than you think that you should be having. Maybe you need 10 hours and maybe just accept that that's where you are right now and you need 10 hours and, and you really to be loving ourselves unconditionally um, is also so important in this journey of healing for people, but to accept what is and to be in the present moment, which is, you know, not the easiest thing to do, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's, I believe right now it's what I believe it's actually what we should be trying to master is trying to be in the present moment all throughout the day, which is very hard. I know. Um, but it's, it's worthwhile doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think you made a very good point about, um, not being hard on yourself whenever you do slip mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. I can relate this to um, to uh, trying out meditation for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same thing. And it's uh, a lot of people don't understand that the point of meditation is to get you to a certain point, mm-hmm. but you don't just get there within, you know, just five minutes of starting. So, mm-hmm. so like, for example, you know, if you meditate, uh, start off by meditating for five minutes and in that five minutes, you, you know, uh, shift your point of focus between 10 or 15 different things. And yeah. then you realize, oh, you know, I, uh, I forgot I have to bring it back down. Yes. So at that point, people get frustrated because they can't seem to focus on, on yes. the singular point. But then again, that's, that's the whole point of it to make you yes. aware how distracted you can yes. from your thoughts. Yeah. And the fact that you are bringing it back down to that, you know, uh, singular point of focus, yes. that's improvement right there. And slowly but surely you can get to yeah. that point. But as long as you keep doing it with, you know, an open mind and love for yourself without being yeah. angry at yourself, yes. you're going to improve. If you're going to be constantly angry yeah. at, you know, slipping up and not, not getting it perfect the first time, the second time or the 10th time, mm-hmm. then uh, you're probably going to give up on it. Yes. 
And, and it's, just, it's just a practice is what that is, exactly. including many practices, whether you want to dance, you want to journal, you want to paint, you know, whatever takes you out of your mind is, you know, even though you're very much in your mind, of course, in the beginning with meditation, mm. but it, it, it's a practice. And I think the beauty of all of those things is that what you want it to do, you know, and in the beginning, you almost have to force yourself to do it because it's uncomfortable and it's this thing you've never done before. And of course, it's uncomfortable, so you don't actually want to do it. But the more that you can do it, I think the beauty of it comes when you do get triggered in your life and you do become upset and you do have, you have something happening that causes you a lot of emotional upset. Now, all of a sudden, because you practice this tool for so long, you're able to pull it in so much quicker, right? And that's where it becomes super valuable. It's not at analyzing whether you do it right or wrong. It's now that you know how to pull that thing when you need some support and you don't want to go to some outside activity that numbs you and that makes you want to forget about the emotional upheaval that you're feeling. But you actually now have access to something that taps you back into yourself and you were able to pull it quick enough to help you. That's the point of the practice to me. It's the point of like, you know, it's like when you cut your finger, you know, you got to go get that bandaid if you're bleeding, like, you know, you know, the things you have to go do. Well, it's the same thing with trying to, um, you know, nurture our own souls and trying to, you know, give care to our hearts when we're hurt, right? Because when we get hurt, our hearts are tender. And we have just a tendency, it's what we've learned, it's what we've been modeled to either not think it, not feel it, and go eat something or go watch something, you know, go to, go to your phone to numb whatever feeling that just came up. Mm-hmm. And so to me, you know, any kind of practice that you have, it's about, you know, getting it to a, to a stage where you know how to use it right away. You don't have to have someone come, come tell you like a coach, oh, well, did you go meditate? Did you go, you know, move your body? No, you already, you'll know what to do, right? And that's what, that's my hope for what I'm, working with my clients on is for them developing some sort of practice that works for them where they can go inward. I think that's all it is. It's just about going inward because we, we want to start to learn to go inward when we want, when we need to self soothe ourselves, right? Because we have a tendency to go outward when we want to self soothe, whether it's from partners, someone else to make us feel better, whether it's a food, whether it's an activity, but we really want to go inward. And that's something that we, we may not really necessarily know really well. And the ramifications of that, once you start to have this practice and you know how to do it, it's incredible what it opens up for you because now you just, you just keep growing, you keep expanding. And then that's when like life gets better and there's joy because you now know how to take care of yourself. And it actually is like a really amazing feeling, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. If you know how to take care of yourself, then for us as parents and others that are out there as parents, there's nothing better than learning this for yourself. And now your children are watching you and you're modeling a behavior for them that they can one day, you know, whenever it's time for them, that they actually can see what is possible for them of how they can soothe themselves. Because life is always going to be stressful or, or there's going to be things that are happening and challenges that are coming up, right? That knock us of off our center. That's just, that's just part of life and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the main things I also try to, um, you know, tell my clients, that stuff's going to happen and that's fine. But we don't want to suffer through it, right? We don't want to mm-hmm. suffer and we don't want to stay stuck there. How long are you going to stay stuck in that emotional feeling, um, that's what you don't want. You, you want to feel that stuff when it comes up, but then you, you want to move through it. Right. And, and then go on with 
whatever else you need to do in your day or um, what's going on in your life. But you don't want to stay stuck and you don't want to suffer because I really believe we're not meant to come here to suffer, <laughs> you know. And that is another programming that I think that is, you know, with with very far down in our lineage, I think for all of us, there's definitely a place of suffering, right? I mean, mm -hmm. with many past generations that it's kind of like life is hard and, you know, we suffer at times and I just really don't believe that. And I, I totally just, I don't believe it. And it's not part of my vocabulary. I, I, I will not use those words. Mm -hmm. And what's very interesting actually of being in this work is I've become hyper, um, it's a good thing, but I've become very hyper-focused on listening to people and, and watching the words that they use. Mm. And I was out with a girlfriend last night for dinner and she has some food intolerances that are very odd. And, you know, she had to go uh, to the kitchen to find out what my friend could eat. And she came back saying to her, well, I don't have anything for you to eat. And then she, <laughs> she, she then explained, you know, about four or five things and we both looked at each other go well there you go there's four or five things like that's great there is stuff that she can eat mm. but you know I'm watching her going like wow you see how you came out and you're, you're giving my friend the message she can't eat anything mm -hmm. and so it's it's very interesting I only give that as an example because one of um, the things I would love for people to understand is be to become very self-aware just become mm. very self-aware of the words that you're using and especially the words and that's like even just you can just start there by just paying attention to what words you use and that will I think it starts to help shift one's consciousness and if they're on a healing path for their physical body that it's very an important part of it what words are you using about whether your body is going to heal or not about whether foods are good or not you know this mm -hmm. bad and good all like our, our vocabulary is so powerful, right? Our words are so powerful. It's, it's actually like a technology, our words of how we use them and how it can actually impact our life. And so I really want people to kind of really think about that and bring some awareness around it. Yeah. And that makes total sense because the, the more words or the more beliefs or behaviors that you repeat about yourself constantly, they become a part of your life. Yes. Just uh, for example, by saying, you know, um, I'm always late. It's a very yes. common one, right? Yes. If yes. you keep saying that and you keep believing that, yeah. that's, that's a way of yeah. you hypnotizing yourself because uh, yeah. uh, you can get uh, hypnotized by repetition, right? Yes. And yes. When, you, when you say that constantly, that becomes a reality for you. Yes. It's the story that you're telling about yourself, right? Exactly. That's the story. You're the late person. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I recently went through that one because my son pointed out to me that I'm always late. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> you know, it was, and it, it also got, I got lumped in my side of the family is very late. <laughs> mm, okay. So I was like, okay, no problem. And uh, yeah, I made a conscious deci decision after that to no longer be late because mm. I appreciate that he pointed it out and, and he's right. And I wasn't like a late person, like, you know, 20 minutes late. I was that two minute late person, you know, mm. because I've always got one more thing I want to do before I go somewhere. Right. Mm. But it was beautiful for him to point that out for me because um, I then made the, so, so, you know, someone brought it into my awareness. Right. And then I made the choice, the conscious choice to be aware of what I was just told. Mm -hmm. And then I made the next conscious choice to be like, I want to change it. Right. And mm -hmm. that's what all of this process is in healing and especially with our, with, with our bodies and with illnesses you, you need to bring something to the light so that you can then change it and now make conscious decisions about it. Because otherwise, it's just this unconscious programming that's running, you know, even mm -hmm. the simplest thing of being late. 
-hmm. You know, it's, it becomes the story of who you are. Yeah. I'm, I'm this late, you know, person who's from, you know, South America, not South American, but, um, you know, the late, the, you know, there's all, of course we put, put people into boxes, right? Those people are always late or they, whatever. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, um, I, I can relate to that one very well. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it's because um, uh, uh, I've been through that one as well. And then even though like there, there will be times where you, you get late, but then the, the point is that when you are there, when you are a bit late, you don't tell yourself that, oh, I'm always late. You say that, wait a minute. Well, yeah. I'm late this time, but you know, there's this 10 or a hundred other times where I'm on time <laughs> or before time. Yeah. And, it's, and it's important to repeat those behaviors because that's, Yes. You know, sort of gives you uh takes away the stress from the part that oh you you're always going to be late but wait yes you know, those times where, you, where you're on time and you know this time maybe it didn't happen for whatever reason yeah but you have to tell yourself that you know you're not yeah. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. guilt trip yourself like no you don't have to no. suffer through it no mm -hmm. um yeah well one more thing i wanted to point out about uh beliefs again since it's such mm -hmm. a powerful thing mm -hmm. and it's uh, a lot of the beliefs that we pick up are when we, we are very young yes and uh, i think even uh dr bruce lipton in his mm -hmm. book the biology of belief he talks mm -hmm. about it and mm -hmm. that's where i first found out about psyche as well mm -hmm. and so yeah when children are very young their their brain waves are in a in a theta state yeah. So he, he, he says that theta is imagination and theta is also hypnosis. So whatever you're yes. seeing around you, whatever is happening, whatever people are saying or however yes. people are acting, you're taking it all in. So yeah. uh, just to give a, a quick example, if mom and dad are having a fight about money or, or, yeah. or, or budget, you know, you as a kid can take that uh, scene and sort of internalize it and create meaning that, oh, you know, money is a bad thing. People fight over, uh, over money. Yes. And so I will not have money. Yes. And that's where some of the beliefs come from. And these are, and this is just a small example, but think about all the scenarios you could have gone through as a kid and the beliefs that you could have created, which are limiting yes. you right now. Right. And, and that's why I'm so happy that, you know, I, I found out about Psyche and yes. it's such a powerful tool to sort of become aware first of yes. behaviors and then uh, remove them and replace them with more empowering ones. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked a lot about um, what you do and uh, your work. I also want to shed some light on the journey to where you are now from where you first started. Mm. So because I want to I wanna shed some light so people who, who do want to take a, a, a change in, in their career, mm -hmm. I, mean, I want to tell them that, you know, it's, mm. it's not instant because that's what we expect, mm -hmm. you know, oh, once I found something I love, boom, you know, mm. that's yeah. it, everything's great, I'm making a ton of money, I'm happy, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to let them know through your story, obviously, mm. that that's not always the case. That yes, you found something that you're passionate about, mm -hmm. but then there's these steps. You have to take a decision, and how long does it take to make that decision? And then how long does it take for you to actually get set up with the business? Yeah. And what were your expectations with that business? And you know, when did you actually start making making money? So if you if you want to take a walk us through a little bit about uh, your journey about getting to where you are now. And how long it took you, and you know uh, how challenging it was at times. Okay, yeah. Um, the first thing that starts is is, is the desire, right? Mm. There's there's this glimmer and there's this desire that you start to notice, and this interest that you have in something. So that's when I you know I started to notice that I was taking nutrition courses, and that that was probably the first thing I did, which was I understood that I was constantly picking up books or magazines that were always about health. Right. And of course, health was a big story in my life because I was trying to heal something. So um, I started to pay attention to that and started taking courses. 
and because I, it was during a time where I had small children, um, it was very slow moving at, at that stage. I mean, for me, it was just about taking the courses when I could and taking in the information, but not really moving it forward into the future as a, as a career or as a job being paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think eventually it switches into that mode because you really are noticing how passionate you are. And there's, there, again, I said like there's that desire, right? And, and that desire, I think, plants itself. And then you start to realize that you want to walk towards that desire. And I didn't know right from the beginning that I wanted to be a coach, right? I was just taking courses, you know, was I going to become a nutritionist? I wasn't sure. Um, and I think, you know, at this stage, that's when one's personality comes into play, you know, and in, in how the movement is going to be for you, because some people jump right in and start something right away. I, my personality is a bit of a slow moving one. <laughs> and I like to be very comfortable in something before I start to do it. So, and you know, and I had two small, ch- I, I mean, I still, my children, I feel are small, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I also like, I was just even talking about this last night. Like I love also being a mom in the sense of making them food, baking them stuff, being there, there for them after school. So I struggled a bit with that because I love that component of being a mom. Like I really, really do. But yet, of course, I have interest in things and I would love to grow them. So I was like, wow, like, how do you even do this? Right. So, so therefore, for my path, it was slower because I kind of wanted to be there to be able to do both. And, and I just knew that at some point it would switch and that they would be in school more, which, which is what happened. I mean, my, my son was home for a bit because I home, homeschooled them very just those first couple of years. But, you know, he was home for a bit. So once they kind of were in school, that really switched things over for me because then I had more time to devote to this thing that I thought is a passion of mine that I wanted to grow it. Um, so I, you know, and then that's at that point where um, it, it came in where, oh, I could be a coach, you know, and I was like, okay, now I have something to work towards. Then I took the coaching program that was a year long and I was able to do it from home, which was perfect. And I must say, I chose also being a coach because I loved I wanted the lifestyle of to still be home and to still um, be there for my kids when I needed mm-hmm. to, to pick them up after school and that sort of thing, or, or if, even for them to have a day off, you know, we still, we, we do that. If they're, if I can tell that they're depleted, I'll be like, you know, let's just stay home. You guys can, you know, or you can stay home tomorrow and, and recharge. So I wanted that part of my life. And so um, coaching fit in very nicely. I did the coaching program for a year and then from there, it was just, okay, you know, how do you get yourself out there? And how do you, um, you know, in this line of work, how do I start getting clients? And how do I start maybe working with doctors? And I mean, the best advice I could give is, is, um, is really to be back to one of the, go back to one of the first other messages I gave, which is to be in the present moment mm-hmm. and to be in the flow. And to just follow the little breadcrumbs along the way, right? I had no big picture for me personally that I was going to be a coach when I started down this path, you know, let's say five years ago when I took my first nutrition course. I didn't have that vision at that time, but I just followed the next breadcrumb in front of me. And then eventually it appeared that, oh, coaching, perfect. This is, this fits in beautifully with what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the path of how I got there and then, and within that, um, you know, because I've had actually this question before from other, other uh, coaches that are about to be coaches that, you know, want some advice 
on what to, how to start. And one of the other areas, and this could apply, I think, to any industry, is to get involved in the industry that you want to be at, like go to their conferences, go to workshops, because that's what I did at the beginning. I was going to conferences and workshops, especially conferences. And then all of a sudden I was meeting the people that were like, oh, okay, like that's a job I can do. Or doctors telling me we really need coaches. So if you, you should be a coach. That would be great, right? That's where I got that information. I actually didn't come up with it myself. I had a functional you know, a medicine practitioner, a doctor tell me coaching is what you should do then. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that existed, right? So, <laughs> so but it was by myself, I mean, um, by which that I, you know, put myself out there and went to conferences and to workshops where I knew nobody. And mm -hmm. I was flying, you know, to the U.S. to go to these things, right? Because wow. uh, functional medicine and coaching is, 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 quite, um, is quite more prevalent there than it is here. It's growing here as well, but it's quite big there. Mm -hmm. So I was going to the U.S. and, you know, risking and investing in my time and um, in my future. And um, that's where that's where like the ideas came up and the breadcrumbs were, and I just kept following the breadcrumbs and then mm. I eventually, and, and just being open and then eventually, you know, got in, got, um, you know, paired up with, uh, with a doctor here in Toronto, very synchronous, synchronously of how we um, found each other. And, and, you know, and that's where, and that's kind of the flow. So I think it's just, you know, putting yourself out there, having that desire, understanding what that desire is and putting your intention towards that, what you would like, and then being open mm -hmm. and then being open to seeing what comes and that what makes sense at that time and what you can actually, what you can give at that time. You know, like mm -hmm. I was very slow at the beginning because I still really, really wanted to be, you know, I mean, we're always a parent, but um, I just really so wanted to be home, I guess, is that, I don't know how to say that without it. Um, you know, I just still really wanted to be a mom that was home. And so mm. it was a slower process for me instead of it being where my kids were in school all day and daycare after school. I, I didn't do, do that path. I, I did the path of doing this a little bit as much as I could during the day and then picking them up after school mm. and then putting my mom hat on and then just being focused there. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful journey you shared. And I love the analogy, uh, analogy of, uh, you know, following the bread, uh, breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what? You had two things that were important to you, children, obviously, and then this passion about uh, you know uh, bettering yourself and uh, helping others as well. And I don't think you would have done it any other way because um, I resonate with you know with what you're saying about you know being able to spend some time with with your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're your kids. You know, who else are they going to spend most of their time with? Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, well, eventually, when they grow up, that's different. But you know, you yeah. want to spend as much time with them. As yeah. you can. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much for sharing that story, uh, Sylvie. Your journey uh, for, you know, how you came to be where you are. I'm sure uh, someone listening out there will will, will find some inspiration in your voice, and it will help them, uh, mm -hmm. you know, steady along in their mm -hmm. path. Okay. okay. So we're gonna wrap up now. So before we before we do that. You've, I know you've given a ton of messages, a ton of valuable <laughs> messages to the audience here. So is there one more message from the heart that you want to give to anyone who's listening? It doesn't have to be a coach, just, uh, just anyone. Um, oh, yeah. Well, actually, since you're, you, you, you said from the heart, mm -hmm. then, you know, the message that I would like to give is, is that one about being in the present moment mm. and for people to, 
to just whether you go research it or whether you really pay attention to what this means to be in the present moment. But it's, it's such an important step in any journey that you're taking on, whether you're trying to find a new career, whether you're trying to heal um, a chronic illness or an imbalance in your body, um, understanding that we need to become more aware that we need to be in the present moment and we need to become really, really super aware of how we are acting in our day and day, in our in our days, and how we are um, reacting, and how we're responding to people, and how we how we cultivate the environment around us, right? Mm. And so, um, you know, so it's it's kind of two things, which is the self awareness piece and this present moment piece. They're they're just two really important foundations, I think, to to one who wants growth and who wants um, personal development. Um, that you need those two things at play, which is to become really aware of who you are and what you're doing, what you want to change, because then that's how you can change it, because you need to first be aware of it. Mm. And you need to be in the present moment as much as possible. And um, one thing that I, if I could just tell everyone, which I think is a beautiful uh, practice that I've learned recently, and I'm teaching all my clients, is to whenever you can, and it's at first, it's hard to remember, because it's not something that we're used to, but um, it's dropping into your heart as a practice. And at any time of the day when you're feeling off, you're feeling low, or you're feeling, you know, that you really like to shift your energy, one of the simple things you can do is actually just kind of stop what you're doing, take a few uh, deep breaths, and bring your awareness to your heart space, and just imagine that place there in your heart. And then maybe think of something that you that you love or some, think of something that you love to do, something that really like warms up your heart, essentially. Mm-hmm. And if you start to like put your focus on your physical heart and you think of something that really warms up your heart or that you love, you know, for me, I actually always envision the side of my daughter's cheek because I just love her mm-hmm. cheeks. And they just, they just, just that just makes my heart kind of like flutter. But if you do that, what will happen is that heart space will start to grow and you'll start to feel really good. And if you hold it for just a few minutes, it's all you have to do, then you can kind of then take your next move from that place, right? Now that you've centered yourself into your heart, I think it's one of the most beautiful practices that we could start to cultivate and start to learn to, to do, which is to drop into your heart and to breathe from there and to focus there, even just for a few minutes. And then you know, take your next move that you were going to do in your day. And I guarantee you, it, it just, it feels so good. And that you'll, you'll, you'll make your next decision, you know, from your heart space, which is, I think, something that we could, we could really benefit from as like, uh, as humans on this planet to start, to start thinking from there instead of our thinking mind all the time. So it's something that I'm, I practice. It's something that I'm learning, um, that I'm trying to do all the time. And I love it. And so I would love for everybody else to learn that as well. Mm, Thank you. What a beautiful message and such a powerful one too. Mm, Thank you, Zoe. And so uh, uh, last thing, if uh, someone wants to find you, someone wants to know where you are, get in touch with you or even hire you, where can (laughs) they find you? Yeah, well, the simplest these days is probably Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm also in Facebook under my name, Sylvia Oliveira. Mm -hmm. But in Instagram, it's also my name, but my name there is Beautiful Mind Daily. Mm. Um, Just how it sounds spelled. So Beautiful Mind Daily. You can find me there on Instagram. And I mean, feel free to send me a message if you have any questions about my work or working with me. 
And um, yeah, it's, um, I love what I do was what I could say. And I love, I really, really, really love um, listening to people's stories, like where, where do they come from and where they're at and Mm -hmm. um, just being one part of that journey for them is, um, is really a privilege for me is what I always feel like when I hear someone's story, it always feels like a privilege to be part of, of that journey for them because it's always where you know we we gather many people always in our journey of healing right Mm -hmm. and so if I could be one little blip in it it uh, really touches my heart and I take it very seriously and I I take it to heart as well so yeah you can find me there send me a message ask me anything you like I'm happy to to answer questions (laughs) beautiful thank you so for being on the show thank you thank you for asking me it was a it was a pleasure to chat with you Mm, yeah thank you I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode. Feel free to leave a rating, a comment. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is the Grow With Moon podcast. Once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.